Hey everybody, it's Sunday, April 6, 2014. Hope you're having a great day. And today's guest is super special. I found her from another podcast called The Mistake Podcast with Peter Shankman and Peter Keller. And her name's Lily Sanders, and she's only 16 years old. And her business called Blamtastic is already projected to do $5 million in sales this year while she's actually still going to school. And so Lily took some time off from homework to have a quick chat with me about her business. So I hope all is well. And I'm recording this episode from Singapore on the road, so... Uh, hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, let's just get into it. Don't deliver a product, deliver an experience. You're listening to the Build My Online Store podcast, and I'm your host, Terry Lin. We're here to talk about running an online store and building a strong e-commerce brand to take your online store to the next level. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to check us out at buildmyonlinestore.com. Let's get on with the show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Today, I've got Lily Sandler, uh, founder over at Blamtastic. We're going to talk about her business. So, Lily, what's up? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. So, uh, can you tell us real quick about Blamtastic and what the business is about? Blamtastic is a company that I started when I was 10 years old. I'm 16 now. And um, when we started the company, my mom was actually reading an article in the Wall Street Journal about how few female CEOs there were in Fortune 500 companies. And at the time, shockingly, there were only 12 female CEOs. So my mom showed the article to my sister and me and she said, girls, what do you think of this? And we said, that stinks, mom. And so she said, girls, if you ever have an idea for a business, I'll support you. And come a couple of weeks later, she said, um, or I said to my mom, uh, mom, where's my lip blam? And she said, blam. That would be a great name for a lip balm company. And so we started cooking it up in our kitchen, literally with a pot and a spoon. And we just started making lip balm. And after a while, we started giving it out to our friends and family. And they said, you should sell this. So it just kind of snowballed into this business that we never really expected. Yeah. So what was going on in your mind when you were 10 years old? You had this idea. Was it just kind of like for fun? Or did you know there was going to be a business? Or what was going on in your mind? Back? I'd say very initially, it was more of just a fun craft project than anything. And then once we started selling it, I guess it was, you know, kind of a lemonade stand type of deal where we would learn the value of a dollar and all that stuff. But um, it, it just grew into so much more than that. So it definitely it wasn't we didn't expect it to become this huge international business, but it just did. And when did you realize that, okay, this thing is beyond like a lemonade stand project. This is actually something that can be a bigger business. Well, at some point, we actually had to sit down, my sister and my mom and my dad and me, when we decided to make our first manufacturing order, when we were deciding whether we would uh, do the order or not, we had to sit down. And at this point, we were needing to invest the big, the big bucks. This was, you know, this is the borderline here. And so we had to discuss, do we want to put this, these thousands of dollars into this company? And we decided, yes, we do want to go through with this. Um, and so I'm, we're really glad that we made that decision. But it was definitely, that was when we, we kind of crossed the line between fun craft project and legitimate business. And how big was like the first PO you guys had to make? Was it like 5,000, like 10,000 or more than that? Just to get an idea. Uh, it was 10,000 actually. So. Mm -hmm. And so how much input did you have? Because I think... A lot of people would say, hey, you know, I have my 10-year-old, 12-year-old, uh, you know, talking business and you're making decisions of $10,000. Like how much leeway did you have in kind of the discussions at that point? Well, I, again, I, I was um, only 10 at the time, so I didn't know, I didn't exactly know like, you know, finances and all that stuff. So my parents were pretty much the regulators of um, how, I guess, where we would put our money and how we would invest it. 
So um, I, I think as I as we went along and the years went by, I started to pick up a little bit, though, about business. Um, definitely through this business, I've learned monumental amounts of information about business and financing. And um, like I said, the value of a dollar, I think I've definitely learned that. It's, it's crazy the amount that I've learned through starting a business. Yeah. So what, what were your friends saying back then when you were like 10 to 11 to 12, like the early years? Like, did you have time to hang out with them or what was their feedback? You know, like, what's Lily doing? Why is she starting to sell lip balm? <laughs> they were very supportive, actually. They loved the, the, our product. Our product was really um, fun and kid friendly. So they were, were really supportive and excited about the free lip balm. But uh, yeah, they, they were extremely supportive and they still continue to be this day to this day mm, i see do you find that there's a disconnect when you're hanging out with friends because i think a lot of people when they start their own business like doing what most of your friends do there's a big kind of difference because they just maybe want to go watch a movie or do whatever but you got a business to build and there's always all these things to do I mean, did you find that rift happen with your social circle i mean there's definitely some sort of a disconnect between um well it, it's really about partitioning my business life and my friend life, I guess. So, you know, I, I, of course, try to devote as much time as I can to my business, um, but also maintaining that balance where I get to devote some time to my friends and have a good time and just chill and relax. So um, I, I do keep them pretty separate. Um, it is nice, though. I, I'm involved with this teen entrepreneurship network. It's called Independent Youth, and it's, it's, it's compromised of different entrepreneurs from around the country who all have started, started successful businesses as well. And um, we speak to young kids about entrepreneurship. And I always really like getting together with them because um, unlike my friends from school, they, they really do get the challenges that come along with being an entrepreneur. And they just get it. They, they really do. So it's kind of fun to be able to relate to people in that way. Um, that are also fellow entrepreneurs. So how do you, what's your view on like school now? Because I guess you're 16, you're almost off to college. Like, do you find what you learned in school has been helpful or has kind of what you've learned as an entrepreneur has really kind of been what's gotten you here today? I'd say they're both very helpful. Um, what I've learned as an entrepreneur has is definitely not something that can be taught in a classroom. It's more experience-based. But I do, I do definitely see the value in school. I think there's nothing better than a good education. I definitely... I am gonna planning on going to college for sure, and I do like school. I you know I find uh, certain subjects more interesting than others, perhaps. But um, but yeah, school and education very important. Okay, very cool, very cool. So let's go into the business a little bit. So how big is your team right now? Right now, uh, we're slowly building a team. We actually just appointed a new um, president of sales. We all we're up to about five people now, and we're growing each day. We do outsource most of our all of our manufacturing and all of our bookkeeping and all of that, those types of things. So um, that our core team doesn't consist of those, of the manufacturing aspects or any of those other aspects, but, um, or the graphic design aspects, but our current direct employees are five people. Mm -hmm. I see. And do you deal with the manufacturing stuff starting out or how did you kind of wrap that up? Like, like I guess I'm trying to figure out when you started out, like, what was the balance between you doing all the day-to-day -day stuff and kind of your parents helping in with the whole thing, too? Well, um, when we very first started out, we cooked uh, the product up in our kitchen. So I'd say for the first uh, two years, at least, we were cooking it up in our kitchen. Um, but at a certain point, we did need to find a manufacturing company. Also, my mom took on the role as CEO, so she kept everything going while I was at school. So we quickly learned our positions in the company. Um, my dad for quite a few years was the FedEx guy who would uh, drop, drop off the packages at the FedEx store. So that was his role. 
Um, and our, our favorite part of the business is product development still to this day. So um, at, at, for all six years that we've been doing this company, um, we've been doing all the product development ourselves. You mentioned on Peter's podcast how uh, you went to this trade show and someone said, oh, that's cute little girl. <laughs> and I guess they didn't take you seriously. And are you finding that's changing as you kind of you get older now and the business is more mature that and it's actually been around for, you know, 10 years now? I think it's getting better slowly as uh, as I grow growing up. I mean, people are going to probably likely take a 16-year-old much more seriously than they would take a 11 or 12-year-old girl. But um it's definitely still a challenge when I speak to people, they um they often until I start talking, they they think that they're talking to a, you know, a, a young person who doesn't know what she's talking about. But so it's definitely still a challenge. It is getting better as um as as we grow our company and we prove we, we show our stuff. We prove what we're capable of. Awesome. All right. And so let's go into your products a little bit. So I understand you have lip balm for guys and girls. What's like the top level kind of bird's eye view of all your products? We are focused on lip balm, of course. We have uh, two lines. We have a line for boys and a line for girls. Um, our lip balms, they're, they're really good stuff. They're all naturally based. They have SPF 15. Um, and they're, of course, made in the USA. All of our products are um, USA made. We want to keep it local manufacturing um, and we also have something unique to our companies we have these little lip balm sleeves and you can put the lip balm in the sleeve and you can clip it onto your purse or your belt loop or your jacket zipper and we, um, our goal at Fantastic is to eliminate that uh, that constant uh, finding your lip balm in the washing machine um, so you never lose your lip balm and that never happens again so with those clips we want to eliminate that altogether. and also we're expanding into several other different product lines in the meantime we just launched a new baby line called baby booty blantastic um, it's a diaper rash stick where you can just rub the diaper rash cream onto the baby's bottom almost like a deodorant stick rather than having to use the gross cream and applying it directly um, and so yeah we have we have several different product lines that we're still working on so what's the marketing message for both guys and girls because I know guys you know they don't like using lip balm probably most of them are just like why do I need this stuff I'm a guy so how does the marketing message different for both kind of demographics or your customers well for the boys flavors we like to make them more edgy and potent and things um, whereas with the girls they're more free, fruity and sweet uh, with the boys, boys do use lip balm. They just don't want to use girly lip balm. It's true. They they really do use it, whether they'll admit it or not. And um, so, I mean, our sales show it too. I mean, we sell two girls. For every two girls flavors that we sell, we sell one boys flavor. So they really do sell, and boys definitely use it. And I see the branding on the product is just like brain squeeze, radioactive, alien invasion, kind of a more edgy kind of guy thing yeah we like to get really fun with the names yeah awesome and so kind of if we move into marketing a little bit you know what's the main way you guys are kind of growing the business now in terms of getting the word out and kind of getting people aware of your brand i'd say our main uh our main source of getting the word out there has been so far through just press um people are extremely interested in youth entrepreneurship and um, kids starting businesses. So we've gotten a lot of free exposure um, through articles that people write about us, um, podcasts such as your your own podcast, other ways like word of mouth. Um, we have a Facebook page. Um, yeah, we have lots of social media and press. Gotcha. And so you've been in this business uh, six years for now. Like, what do you think has one of been the biggest challenges uh, growing it over the past few years? I'd say the biggest challenge, um, one of the many challenges that we've had to face is surrounding ourselves with the right people. 
because it's really hard in the business world to find really trustworthy and reliable people who have your best interest in mind and who aren't just going to, um, I guess, flake out on you later or who aren't, who will not take advantage of you. Um, so it's, we, it's taken us a while, but I really feel that now we found a really good core team who um, who is going to watch out watch out for us, have our backs, and really help us take this business to the point where we need to go. So, yeah, it's it's difficult, but it it can be done. And do you find that people want to give you advice, kind of just anyone that sees you because they can, rather than actually giving qualified advice where they've actually had a business and know what they're doing? I'd say that's true for sure. A lot of people some. Oftentimes, they think they know what they're talking about. They'll say with every ounce of confidence in themselves that they know what they're talking about. But in reality, they have no idea what they're talking about. People have told us over and over again, we've, we've had this very qualified CEO sit across from us before and, t- and resign from our company saying, this company will never be big enough for me and I, I quit. But... Clearly, he didn't know what he was talking about because because four years later, we're launching into Walmart. We're sold in four countries internationally and counting. And it's just people don't know what they're talking about. Oftentimes, business can be subjective. And what a business is capable of is really dependent upon its leadership and what people do with the business. A great idea is a great idea, but what people do with that great idea is what makes the business. Yeah, and I think in the end, even like you now, like I talk to a lot of people like, you know, maybe they're doing well, maybe they're still starting out, but like no one knows what's going to happen like you know, six months from now. And exactly. And just figuring it out as you go, as you go along. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, what can you see into the future with your crystal ball? You don't know where we're going to take this company. Yeah, so just to give everyone an idea, like, you know, you don't have to give me the exact number, but how big is the business now? Uh, we're projected this year to do $5 million in sales. So why are you still going to college? You should just work on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a really good run. It's it's definitely taken on a mind of its own, this business. Yeah, awesome. All right, and so just to wrap things up a little bit, uh, do you read any books on the spare time, uh, kind of business books that you'd recommend? Uh, maybe people that are looking into entrepreneurship, they should check out too. Um, I haven't looked into too many business books. I have looked. Um, I've read a few excerpts from Peter Shankman's books. They're they've been really funny and good. Um, yeah, as you, Peter's a funny guy, so it, it definitely refer, reflects in his writing. Yeah, I haven't read too many entrepreneurship books, but um, I've been oftentimes uh, restricted to my books that I have to read for school. Ah, uh, that's right. So what books are they making you read now? Is it still like Scarlet Letter, all those Mark Twain, all that stuff? Ooh, that one's next year, Scarlet Letter. The uh, <laughs> book is uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. That, that one's a real tearjerker. But. Yeah, so I guess, I guess it brings me into the next question. I forgot that. So how do you balance school life with your business? It's life? not easy, that's for sure. It really takes a lot of prioritizing. Uh, just, you know, trying to uh, divvy out my time. I, I I was just doing my homework right when you called, and I'll probably finish it up once we're done with this. So I that that goes to show you right there. Just you know, trying to distribute my time and put it where it's needed. And yeah, it's not easy with all the traveling I have to do. I've definitely used all my excused absences for school already, and my sick days for traveling. So do you have like an iPhone in class where you're like sending emails to customers or like running a business while you're in class or is it strictly oh, yes. <laughs> holding my phone under the desk and praying to God that the teacher doesn't see me? Yeah. So say if you like go to school like at, you know, eight to like six, you basically only really have the evenings to work on the business, huh, I guess. It's definitely not easy working around my school schedule. I've had people call me in the middle of the school day and I have to 
run out of the room and take the call and oh gosh it, it gets complicated and are the te- are the teachers pretty understanding or are they giving you this look when you walk outside like oh what are you doing like, it depends on the teacher i think the time that it did happen the major time was when i was with a very understanding teacher so <laughs> i got lucky that day yeah awesome all right very cool all right thanks so much for coming on the show lily uh let us know where we can find you online uh, our, our website is blamtastic.com and we also have a Facebook page and a Twitter. Gotcha. All right. So if you guys want some uh, edgy lip balm, uh, go to blamtactic.com. And thanks again, Lily, for joining us on the show. And we'll keep in touch when this goes live. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast. If you want the show notes, make sure to check out the website at buildmyonlinestore.com. If you've got an e-commerce store, every two weeks I lead a live mastermind call with about five or six of the listeners in two separate groups where we work openly together and solve a business problem that you have. And we're all there to support each other. So if this sounds like a cup of tea, make sure to check us out at buildmyonlinestore.com slash mastermind. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch up with you guys next week.